Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today. I'm Joseph Franta, Joseph Franta Ministries, and uh, we're going through Israel's place in the end of days. Israel is God's time clock, prophetically. Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 24, watch the fig tree. Pay attention to the fig tree. When its leaves become tender, you know that summer is near. Even so, know that I am near. When you see the fig tree with tender leaves, with life, when you see Israel with life, being reestablished as a nation, coming alive again, you know that I am near, even at the door. So this is part two of our teaching on Israel in the end of days. And so I'm gonna pick up here where I left off in Isaiah 49. I'm reading out of the King James Version, and uh, I'll quote some other versions as I go along to make it more clear. But this is something that as you pay attention and watch the number one prophetic sign in the end of days, which is the nation of Israel, a lot of things will make more sense to you of what is going on on the world stage. Okay, I'm gonna just uh, start in verse 18, Isaiah 49, verse 18, and we had talked about how God has inscribed Israel on the palms of his hands, that their walls are continually before him, that their builders are hurrying, of course, they are hurrying, and that their destroyers and devastators will depart from them. Now verse 18, lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather together, oh, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah, as I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all. This is a, talking about Israel's enemies. Those that oppose Israel. Those that are always speaking into their business, trying to uh, interject themselves in their affairs. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all. In other words, there'll be ornaments for you, victorious ornaments symbolizing your victory over them all that oppose you, and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. In other words, God loves Israel. The church is the bride of Christ, but you know Israel, he's married to them, and it talks about that in the book of Isaiah as well. Israel is God's covenant people. 
just as much as the body of Christ is God's covenant people. They all play a role. They all serve a purpose in God's overall plan and will for this age. Verse 19, For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. So, in other words, where Israel was just, you know, going through all sorts of trials and tests, God is going to make them like a bride. He's going to deck them out with ornaments. He's going to restore their nation. He's going to restore them to their prophetic place as a light of the nations to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And then it says, for thy, verse 19, for thy waste and thy desolate places, at one time when they were scattered as a nation, that whole land there where Israel stands today was very, very desolate. And God says here, even now, it'll be too narrow by reason of its inhabitants. In other words, so many people will come back and return to Israel. And I believe that the nation of Israel will be a habitation for many people to live in who love God with all their heart. It's going to be repopulated. And the original borders that God has set for the nation of Israel will be reestablished eventually by the Lord himself. And thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallow thee up shall be far away. All of, God, all of God's enemies, Israel's enemies, that tried to swallow up Israel, that have continually battled to destroy Israel and to wipe them off the map, they'll all be removed by God himself. Verse 20, the children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other, in other words, they went through a lot of tests and trials, they, they lost a lot of people through the Holocaust and Spanish Inquisition and many other terrible tragedies that happened to them as a people but they survived and they're flourishing today. And God says, the children which thou shall have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thine ears, the place is too straight or too small for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. In other words, there'll be so many people returning, so many Jewish people returning to the land. It'll be populated immensely. Their land, which God promised to them, to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenant that God made with Abraham that was passed on to Isaac and then confirmed by Jacob, who God renamed he renamed Jacob Israel, which means prince with God. So Israel is a prince 
with God. That's why God refers to Israel as Jacob over and over again, because they are a prince to him. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, verse 21, who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro. In other words, I'm, I'm constantly moving. People are constantly, you know, the pogroms and uh, Russia and all the times that Israel was rejected and they were, you know, exiled out of countries. They were, you know, removed, lost their homes, their possessions, even their own children. And who hath brought these? They're going to say to God, Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? I was left alone. I was desolate. I, was, I felt forsaken. But Lord, now you've given me everything back. I, I'm being restored. The prophet Joel said about Israel, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the stripping locusts and the gnawing locusts. All these terrible tests and trials I went through, God says, I'm going to restore to you the years, the years that the locust, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the gnawing locust, the stripping locust have eaten. That promises to Israel. God's restoring them even as we speak today. He's restoring them not only as a nation, which is already done, but as a people, because they're not complete yet. Many more have to return to Israel in Aliyah for Israel to be complete as a nation, the nation of people, the nation of Israel, the people, Am, and the land, Aritz, they all have to come to fulfill God's prophetic word for them, that he will restore them as a nation and as a people. It's amazing. Oh, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable are God's ways. God's ways are unsearchable. They're, they're past finding out. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and his, thought, and his thoughts than our thoughts. He's a good God too. He's a merciful God. God is love. He loves all mankind. Proven in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for all of our sins, all of the sins of mankind. And then he was raised from the dead, proving that Jesus, Yeshua, has power over death. He shed his blood as the sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Our sins are washed away when we receive Jesus Christ, Yeshua, as our Lord and Savior. God loves you with an everlasting love. That's what he said to Israel in Jeremiah chapter 31, I believe it is, I've loved you with an everlasting love. God's love for Israel has never ended, never waned. 
He's loved them with an everlasting love. Therefore, he's drawn them, drawn them back to Israel with cords of love because he loves them so much. When God makes a covenant with you, he's faithful. And when God establishes a covenant, the Bible says in Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he spoken and will he not do it? Has he promised and will he not bring it to pass? God is holy, faithful, and true to his covenants with Israel and with the church. Now, uh, Verse 21 again, picking up there, Isaiah 49, verse 21. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, who hath begotten me these? In other words, all these new children, new people. Seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive and, and, and moving from place to place, to and fro. And who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Where did they come from? Verse 22, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up my hand. Oh, wow. When God lifts up his hand, you can be assured that things are going to change. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people. What's his standard? It's Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms. Talking about the return of the people to the land, making Aliyah. And they shall bring thy sons, Israel, in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers. Kings. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers. And their queens, thy nursing mothers. God is gentle. You know, it says about him in, uh, I think it's First Thessalonians chapter 2, that God is like a nursing father and a nursing mother. In other words, God's not harsh, hard, cruel, unfair or unjust to anyone. He's kind, good, tender-hearted, because his loving kindness is tender-hearted loving kindness. His, he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's not slow about his promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward all mankind. not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Repentance is just a change of heart, making a turn, turning back to God in faith. That's repentance. It's not some big, you know, works thing. It's just a heart change, a heart decision, heart attitude, turn back to God. God says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know what? That makes you 
feel good, feel wonderful when you're cleansed. Your sins are washed away. You don't ever, you don't have any more chains around you, around your legs. You're free to serve the Lord with gladness and joy and peace, with prosperity. Okay, we're going to go on here. Verse 22, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. This is the return of Israel, the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with thy face toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet. In other words, they'll realize they were wrong to have the attitudes they did about Israel, God's people, God's chosen people. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, Israel, when your enemies are bowing at your feet. For they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. In other words, wait for me. That word wait there means to be bound together with. Like a cord, like a rope to be twisted together with. Like cords of a rope. Be that close with God. Wait on the Lord. Be bound together with him. Be twisted together, so to speak, like a rope, cords of a rope. In other words, be one with the Lord. Be one with his will, his mind, and his purpose. Wow. Verse 24. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Oh, yeah. Was Israel a prey? Oh, yeah. In many nations where they were scattered, they became a prey. But look what God says. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive set free or delivered? But thus saith the Lord, verse 25, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away when God waves his hand <laughs> over the nations. Even the captives of Israel, even the captives of the mighty, their oppressors, shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. God will deliver them, remove them out of those perilous situations, dangerous situations, life-threatening situations, He's delivering them even today, and he will more so as time goes on. For I will contend with him that contends with thee. Okay, this is a warning to the nations that want to contend with Israel, that want to interject themselves into Israel's affairs. God says right here, I will contend with him that contends with you, Israel, and I will save your children. You always want to stay on God's side. Who's on the Lord's side? You always want to stay on God's side. You don't want to get on the wrong side of God. 
Not a good place to be. Verse 26. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. So God said, I'm going to deliver you, Israel, because I am your Savior. And then he says very clearly, and all flesh shall know. All means all here. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer. Redeem means to buy back. Oh yeah, they may have been sold into some slavery, but God's buying them back and bringing them back. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. Remember, Jacob always refers to Israel. Now, that's going to conclude a little bit in Isaiah. There's more in Isaiah 42, but I'm not going to go into it. There's some more I'd like to mention in Isaiah 40, but that's okay. We're going to go directly to Acts chapter 13. Paul is preaching in a synagogue in Antioch of Pisidia, He's just began his first missionary journey. And, uh, you know, he went to Cyprus first and they had a great revival there. And I'm going to pick up at verse 14. This is Acts 13, 14. And when, they, and when Paul and his company, when Paul and Barnabas and his company, when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch of Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. That was Paul's uh, you know, method of doing, doing things. He'd go into the synagogue first and preach to the Jews because he was a Jew. He was a scholar. He knew the scriptures, and he knew the call of God on their life, and he knew all about their covenants with God, and he knew God would never give up on them. So he didn't either. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, that's what they do in the synagogue on the Sabbath. They read the law and the prophets. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, Paul and Barnabas, saying, ye men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. In other words, give it to us. Verse 16, then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, men of Israel and ye that fear God give audience. The God of this people, the God of this people of Israel chose our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. Well, actually, excuse me, let me, let me, Go back a little bit. He's referring, yes, he did choose the fathers. And then, of course, Abraham went to Egypt. Actually, he didn't, but Jacob went to Egypt, excuse me, with the 12 uh, brothers. And Joseph became prime minister 
of Egypt. So let me go back a little bit. Then Paul stood up, verse 16, beckoning with his hand and said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers, always referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. They lived in the land of Goshen and they had the best of everything. And with a high arm brought he them out of it. Of course, you know, there was a change in pharaohs and under Joseph and the new Pharaoh did not know Joseph, did not respect Joseph, and so he treated Israel very harshly. Verse 18, and about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. So he doesn't get into the whole thing about Moses leading the people out of Egypt, but we know he did. Exodus is all about it, through signs and mighty wonders. The parting of the Red Sea, and then they kind of got delayed a little bit in the wilderness for 40 years. And about the time of 40 years, suffered he their manners in the wilderness. Nice, nice way of saying, you know, they, they disobeyed God in the wilderness. God suffered, long-suffering, with their manners, which were disobedience and rebellion for many of them. Not all, but, but many. Verse 19, and when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan. Now, he's got them going into the land of Canaan. He's kind of jumping forward here very quickly. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan by Joshua and the people that crossed the Jordan with Joshua, who were 20 years and younger, all the others died in the wilderness who were over 20 years old. He divided their land to them by lot. He divided up the land of Israel, to the tribes of Israel. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. 40 years in the scriptures is the number of probation. So you see, 40 years in the wilderness, Saul was king for 40 years. I mean, God's only going to put up with rebellion so long. And then there's going to be a change of personnel. And when he had removed him, verse 22, when he had removed Saul after 20 years of his rebellion, he raised up unto them David to be their king. Now God has something to work with. Look what God says about David, verse 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David. I wonder how long he was looking for him. I have found David. 450 years of judges. Then you had, under Samuel's ministry, 40 years of Saul. Now God finally finds a man after his own heart, David. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. He was looking for somebody that'd be committed to doing his will and not theirs. 
Verse 23, of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So Jesus came through the Davidic line. He was of the seed of David and actually referred to many times in scriptures as the son of David. God promised David that he would have somebody on the throne forever. And that was Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would sit on David's throne forever, fulfilling God's covenant with David and God's promise to David that he would have his seed sit on his throne forever. Oh, how the Bible all fits together. The scarlet thread of covenant through the entire Bible. The Bible is a book of covenants and shows God's faithfulness to perform his covenant and his promises. Verse 23, of this man's seed, David, hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel, unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming, before the coming of Christ, John, uh, who was uh, Jesus' cousin, when John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, in other words, as he finished his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. That's all we have time for today in this segment of the second podcast of Israel in the end of days. God's prophetic sign of the coming, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for being with us today. It's my honor to teach you, share with you. May God richly bless you today. And come back next time. We're going to try to finish this up on the third podcast of Israel in the end times. 